You're listening to a Cripple and Co. production. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Come As You Are. Come As You Are is Canada's only worker-owned co-op sex shop. Trans-owned and operated, Come As You Are carefully reviews and curates their selection of sex toys, books, and DVDs. Now you can get 15% off your next purchase at comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. This is a podcast that looks at disability stories. It's like sitting down with a really close friend to have a real conversation about disability, sexuality, and everything else about the disability experience that we don't talk about. The things about being disabled, we keep in the dark. Here is your deliciously disabled host, disability awareness consultant, Andrew Gerza. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to the show, friends, and thank you so much for clicking on this brand new episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability stories. I am your deliciously disabled daddy host, Andrew Gerza. Let us get comfy, cozy, and crippled as we listen to the last episode of 2023. Wow. Uh, so let's do it, friends. Thank you for being here. First things first, I just want to remind you that if you want to support this show that I make from my bedroom alone by myself without any team support, you can go to patreon.com slash disability after dark and you can pledge as little as $1 a month or $5 a month or more, whatever works for your budget, as well as a yearly amount if you want to, that's more feasible for you, and you will get the show days early and completely ad-free. And you'll get a shout-out on the air thanking me, sorry, wow, thanking you for your support. So you can pledge up to $5 a month or a yearly amount if that works for your budget. And I will thank you on the air and you'll support the show. And also you'll help me keep food in my fridge because that's what it is to be a freelancer. So I appreciate your support. If you want to support the show financially, please do that. Also, please go to wherever you podcast and leave us a review on why you like the show. Leaving a review helps a show like this around disability, which doesn't get a lot of traction, actually get support. Thank you. On the show today, I went back into the recording vault because I record a lot of shows over a couple years and I put them in the vault and sometimes I use them and sometimes I forget that they're there, frankly, honestly, and I went through the vault uh, this just now to see which one I wanted to use for today because I didn't want to do a solo episode. I wanted to to do one from a while ago, and I found an episode from that I recorded back in January of 2023 with my friend Bethany Reed, who reached out to me and said, I'm a fan of Disability After Dark, and I just want to come on and talk to you and ask you questions about how to be a better ally to disabled folks. And I thought this was such a cool great thing to do. People need, need to be able to ask questions and to create a space where they feel safe doing so. And I was so happy to bring Bethany on and just nerd out with her for an hour. We had so much fun allowing her to ask questions, allowing her to learn about disability, allowing her to find out ways for me to be a better ally. Now, I'm only one person, and so my advice 
isn't the only advice, but I thought it was really cool that she reached out and wanted support on how to be a better ally. So you'll hear us chat about that, plus so much more on the latest episode. So without further ado, and no more of my rambling, here's the latest episode with my friend, Bethany Reed on how to be a better ally to disabled folks, right here on Disability After Dark. Bethany Reed, hi. Hi. So excited to have you on Disability After Dark. How are you today? I am so excited. Like I know we were just having a little, a little pre-chat, but like I am just bubbling with excitement and I'm so excited to be talking oh. to be here. <laughs> I can hear the excitement in your voice and it makes me very happy that you're excited because I'm excited too. And I'm excited because this, this episode I think will be a little bit different than what we're what I usually put out. And you we just had a pre-chat and we talk, kind of talked about what, what the whole version of the episode is going to be. And you don't identify as somebody with a disability, do you? That's correct. And that's, I think that's really cool. And one of my favorite things to do on the show over the years has, to, has been to bring non-disabled folks in and be like, let's give them a space to just learn how to be better allies. And so that's what we're going to do today. But before we do all that, Bethany Reed, can you introduce yourself to the people at Disability After Dark? Tell us who you are, what you do. For sure. Um, hi, everyone listening. And uh, again, this is just like so surreal and awesome that <laughs> this is happening. Hi, um, hey, don't worry. I'm just, I'm just me, cool me. Hi. Hi. So, um, hmm, who am I? Um, well, first off, I've been like a fan for a couple years and I got to know you through Twitter and got into your whole, all, all the content that you're creating. So like that's- Oh, uh, thank you. Road was um, Twitter. So I've just been like a distant fan for many years. So, um, but I guess like in terms of who I am, like I was born and raised in St. Catharines, Ontario. Um, professionally, I've worked in arts administration in the nonprofit sector and fundraising. Um, I studied French horn in my cool. undergrad. Wow, that is that as a fellow nerd who could not play an instrument to save their life, I can't. But I love the fact that people can. When I was in when I was in school, I pretended very poorly <laughs> to play the keyboard and I never paid attention to the actual notes on the page. I listened to the sound and was like, okay, I think I can hit that note. Never did it right. I just wanted the attention <laughs> of being and every time I hit a note. I would look up for praise from the conductor and he'd be like, keep going, keep doing the thing you're supposed to do. And I'd be like, what? Are you proud that I did that, that one note? And he was like, yes, but you keep going. <laughs> awesome, so, awesome. So the fact that you, you that you studied French horn is cool. What kind of um, fundraising and advocacy do you do? Well, my most recent position was at the Gordonian and Chani Wenjak Fund, um, but that's going on maybe two years ago. So I sort of like, I'm going through like a career rediversion right now, I would, I would say. So basically I've worked in mostly music nonprofits or music-based nonprofits, um, community um, development roles, that kind of thing. But right now I'm going back to school and I just kind of took a year and a half off from life kind of because COVID and like, I don't know, I'm the aging world. or like, I don't know, the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, just kind of realigned and like, what do I want to do? So I'm just starting off on a second career right now. Nice. That's cool. Um, yeah. Well, I know that one of the things you want to do today is to learn how to be a better ally. And I'm curious, 
we talked a minute ago and you said a minute ago like you found me through Twitter, which is amazing because Twitter can be a hellscape of a lot of opinions. Oh, so yeah. the fact that you found my little Twitter is like, thanks, but also sorry you had to wade through all that to get there. <laughs> um, what about what about disability advocacy do you like or allyship are you curious about like all the things okay so like um where where i'm coming from and like kind of entering this conversation too was that tweet that you put out that was about meeting allies or non-disabled people like where they're at like and that really like just sparked a sense of curiosity and interest of like what does that mean like where we're at and I love that concept too because like I as I mentioned like in the sign up forum um there's other modalities I guess of allyship that I try to bring it to other communities in my life but then I'm also yeah. seeking allyship from for example um people who identify as men or people who want to help um, sexual assault survivors, right? So I'm a sexual assault survivor. And so, um, like I need, and I look for allies all the time. And then I try and take those experiences and then relearn what I've learned from other people and try to put that into action. So, sorry, the long-winded answer, but so when it comes to, um, disability activism or advocacy. We love long-winded answers here. So don't feel you go, go yeah. right ahead. Go right ahead. You're wrong. You're good to go. Great, then I'm on the right one. I'm on the right yeah. show. Yeah, exactly. Don't even worry. You're good. Sweet. Okay. When it comes to my own personal disability activism, like I'm fresh, I'm new. <laughs> and I all like I sit back and I ask myself, like, why even is that? Why am I so new to quote unquote like disability allyship? And I say the term yeah. allyship like because it's just a coined phrase that is like a la mode and I, I don't even know yeah. what it means. But I don't want to be like tokenism here with the word allyship. But so for me on this journey, it's just been um, education. Like I think like first and foremost is just educate yourself, read, listen, learn. And and this is where like I find you so awesome because your vulnerability and your honesty and you're just out there and you're just the way you just like – just say shit and I love it you're like I'm like yes I'm so glad that you love it because some people don't love the shit that I put out there some people are very quick to be like what I don't like this and so I've learned over the years that the block button is my friend and the block button is my ally because I (laughs) if I don't want that stuff in my feed my man I'm learning recently like with the kind of content creation that I do and because I like to kind of skirt the line of like not offensive content but like you know like tough touchy stuff and I mm-hmm. like to play with that and get people thinking about that and plant the seed and so I love block because I'm like it's not that I don't like you as a human it's that my mental health is more important than this yes yes so um but you know to to go back a couple of steps thank you for being so open about um SA I appreciate that I know it's not an easy thing to tell the world so thank you for your vulnerability there um but, you know, the, part of the reason why I think I put that tweet out about meeting disabled people where they are, I put out so many tweets, I don't even know when I did it, but <laughs> I but <laughs> I put a, I tweet far too much. I have too many things in my head. But, you know, I put it out there because one of my friends who's an activist, Emily Ledow, had said that, and she, and she said, you know, you have to meet disabled people where they are, and you, or no, non-disabled people where they are, and, and, you know, future allies where they are, and people... 
a lot of people aren't educated in disability rights right away. They don't have the knowledge base or the access to the knowledge to educate themselves. Some people are busy working all the time to feed their families. They don't have access to, to exactly what to do. And I find sometimes disability rights discourse to be very unintentionally, I think, but very elitist and very like, well, you had to go to school, you had to study disability rights. And if you didn't study that and you don't know everything about disability right away, then you somehow failed. And I'm like, no, we have to meet them where they are. We have to give people grace when they make a mistake because God knows I make a mistake all the time. I make mistakes every day. And so like, I think sometimes, I'm not saying all the people do this, but I've seen it where it's like they kind of lord that knowledge over other people and be like, well, if you don't know, then how dare you? And it's like, well, but what if you turn that narrative around a little bit and treated that with them with kindness and said, oh, you don't know? Let me give you the tools to learn. And I like when I started my activism journey and what I'm doing, that's part of why I don't call myself an activist because that's why I call myself a disability consultant because mm-hmm. I would much rather sit with you and have a conversation than lord my knowledge over you and tell you how wrong you are. That's not my vibe. And so I think that um, why I said meet them where they are is because that fosters a conversation. And I think the best way to be an ally is to start a conversation, ask a question, like with no, with no malice and no like judgment, just be like, Hey, I'm curious about this. Can I look, can we learn about this? But also to recognize that if you're asking a disabled person, like, Hey, what language do I use for you? Or, Hey, what, how do I describe your disability? They might also decide not to answer you. Yes. Yep. So that's a long winded way of saying, I like to start, see, I told you we like long answers here. (laughs) I like to start, um, conversations and I think you know it's really fun and edgy online to be like blah 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 I'm the rightest like yeah that was fun for a couple years but for me that made me really tired I got tired of of being edgy and being like well I know the best you don't know and you're an ableist that I don't think that that does anything I think that fosters division when we need to be fostering unity here and so what I want to do and I need to get better at doing it every single day is to foster unity where if somebody makes a mistake or says something that I would be like, mm, that feels weird. I, sh- I could say like, hey, let's talk about this first. And so to be an ally for you, I guess the first thing I would say is your curiosity is great. I love that it's fresh because that means you don't come in with any prejudgery. You just come in. And I think that's, that is the best thing to have a clean slate and to just want knowledge is great. That's a great way to start being an ally to anyone, whether we're talking about disability, whether we're talking about like Black Lives Matter, any, whatever activist thing you want to do to just have questions and want knowledge is the first step, I think. And, and like this space and the content you produce and like this opportunity is just like kind of like a dream for me to just enter into a, like a conversation. Yeah. I think it's like just kind of fun and like I like your vibe. And it should be fun. I mean, I'm not here to like, I'm not, te- I'm not going to be a teacher, but it should be a fun thing we're doing. Um, and, you know, and that, you know, now that you've said that, it reminds me to like, just looking back over some of the posts that I post today, even 
to go back and be like, where's the joy in that? Is there joy in what you said? Is there happiness? Like remembering that if I, if I as the, the disabled person lead with some joy, then anybody reading my stuff will also have joy. If I lead with the world is hard, everything is tough, you know, and I've done posts like that, but if I do it all that all the time, no one has joy from that. So it's your kind of enthusiasm to like soak it up in a joyful, friendly way is kind of great for me to even see that now to be like, oh, I should do stuff around joy more. Um, so that's important. But I want to give you the chance, Bethany, to ask me all the things about disability, because one of the ways I think that we combat ableism and the one, one of the ways that you become a better ally is to just ask questions. And so I guess the floor is yours. Ask me whatever you want. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, yeah, so I didn't like come into this with a prepared list of questions. No, no, really. no, I didn't um, expect you to. So no, no, no. Just again, to support like a free flow conversational style and just yeah, to yeah. Like, dovetail on what you just said before I get into questions too, is like, I, I, I've, firmly believe that like transformation comes through like relationships uh you know like you, you can educate yourself you can do subjective learning you can like whatever but at the end of the day like the relationship between people is what matters most and I think um trust and openness and like just like good faith that we're not out here to like be shitty people and hurt each other yeah right <laughs> like I mean that's my problem with social media it's so want to be edgy got to make that edgy tweet got to say that really like controversial thing got to be contrarian all that stuff like as I get older I just don't care I want to I want to bring some light into someone's day as opposed to like let me say this and so like I have to remind myself of like let's where's the joy so and I, I agree with you I think transformation comes from conversation so they're like let's 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 have one yeah. So I guess like I'll just broad question it out there at the first one, but since this is like allyship based, like what uh what does allyship look like to you in another person? I that's a great question. I think allyship looks like for me just trying. Just like even if I said to you, Bethany, I want to go to this party you're going to and is it accessible if you said no it's not 100% accessible but I'm gonna try to get a ramp or I'm gonna get some friends to build something or I'm gonna you know get, we can get you around through the back and I'll help you like I think allyship is just trying and even if you fumble and like drop the ball a few times it doesn't mean you're the worst it doesn't mean you're horrible it doesn't mean you're like a bad ally it means that sometimes not everybody has the resources to do everything. And I think just trying and showing up and saying, I want to try my best. It might not be perfect. It might not be the, it might not be great. My language around disability might not be exactly what you want, but I'm, my heart is in the right place. And I think that's where a lot of disability activism kind of falls off because somebody can very well-meaning say something like, oh, Andrew, you have special needs, right? And I could take that term special needs and be like, oh my God, I hate that. You're the worst. But I also have to look at like, where's the nuance? Were they trying to hurt me? No. Was their intent to be, to be malicious? No. And I think when you show up and you try, even if it's not perfect, that to me is allyship. Trying, not always doing exactly right, just trying. 
That's awesome. Um, maybe like a follow-up question to that is like, do you find yourself in, in positions of allyship to other communities or peoples? And like, how does that inform your concept of allyship? Oh, that's a great question. I feel like I have to do, I feel like I have to recognize my privilege here. I'm a white, cis, non-binary person with a lot of privilege to speak and a lot of privilege to do what I do. And I have a big platform because of that whiteness. I think my whiteness protects me a lot sometimes. And if I were a person of color with disabilities saying the same stuff that I'm saying now, I might not have that same platform. And so I have to, sometimes I feel like I have to show up more for other communities that have nothing to do with me and just be there. And sometimes I get so stuck in the disability echo chamber that I forget, like I can go over here and support this group and I can, I can stand with them and I can stand with trans people and support them when they're being attacked and, trans, and stand with black people when they're being, you know, murdered in the streets by cops because that's happening now when we're recording. Like, like yep. having, remembering that, yes, I can talk about disability every day, but I can also talk about how this stuff's happening and it needs to, I need to use my voice to amplify how horrible it is. So sometimes I forget to show up for other groups and I do it the wrong way. And I, you know, or, or sometimes I feel like because I'm a, I'm a person of privilege in multiple ways, I can't, I'm not allowed to speak on that. I'm not, I shouldn't talk on that. I should let somebody from those communities talk on that. But also then I remember like, if I don't, if I don't use my privilege to do that, how am I helping them? So yeah, to answer your question, like I, I, I feel like disability activism can sometimes be so all consuming all the time. And because I built a platform on talking about disability, I forget that there are other avenues that I can go down. So I think, you know, over the next, and thank you for that reminder, I think over the next like little bit I'm going to think about what what kind of posts can I make that are not about me that are not about disability that have nothing to do with disability at all that are supporting other communities that I can that I can help that's cool there there's a lot in that answer <laughs> and I have like five different directions I want to go um go go in all of them but we can go okay through. okay uh where first so the, the thing is like um Obviously, privilege is present everywhere, and I am a white, straight, cis, head identifying lady. And the more I dive into my own identity, and that the more I like, I, I'm not here to. I don't want to dwell on this, but it it contextualizes this conversation as well. Yeah. And I think this is kind of just a reflection of the more I you know dismantle or whatever the term is you want to use, dismantle, get into, understand become less unaware of my privilege and the white privilege that I hold in a space of allyship is like yeah. mind blowing. And I think that almost, I don't want to say is more important. That's not right, but it, it holds so much weight because yeah, I don't yeah. move forward in allyship, whatever that means without understanding your privilege when you are entering these spaces or even how you approach like the frameworks or the theoretical concepts we're talking about. Um, because I, I see them all through like this white lens and God damn, I'm realizing the more and more I do, I am trying to understand that lens and how that informs allyship. And it's, I mean, I'm just scratching the surface here, but it is privilege and it is 
Oh yeah. I mean, I I think it's scary how how quickly all of us with white privilege can, without realizing it, turn into the biggest Karens in the world without even realizing we're doing it. Like, I'm not saying that we're bad people. I'm saying the switch, the the like the ease with which we can do that without even realizing we're doing it is terrifying. It is. It is because it's like that's the world we're born into. That is the space we take up and it's like the un unconsciousness of it is is frightening and so like I don't know, I'm trying to think of a question here <laughs> um, to, to sort of like go through this but like how how have you like if you've turned an in an eye inwards at yourself to learn more about yourself and the space you take up in the world um what have been some lessons of like through your self-reflection of like race p- privilege ability that has shaped your approach to like conversations like this or to like, you've expressed such um, openness and like a welcome mat to have these conversations. And you said you were getting older and stuff like that. So like, how, how yeah. have you done like self introspection to arrive here or like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I have to do more of it for sure. Like, I think, you know, that's a great question. And you kind of put me on the spot there, but it's a perfect question because like, I think that sometimes when I look at other communities with my privilege, if somebody calls me out, you know, where I maybe have contributed to racism unknowingly or, or unknowingly without, you know, and then yeah. instead of sometimes instead of addressing it properly, I'll do like, I'll do the runaway or I'll do the, like, I'll don't not focus on it or I won't respond or I'll just stay quiet because I've seen how quickly the internet can turn on you and I just don't want to because I don't want to I don't want sometimes to weigh into that because it's painful when I should be like hey why do you email me let's have a conversation about this you know off of this platform let's talk about it but I think that sometimes I run away because clicking off the app is easier than being like let's really talk about what I maybe did there and like that can be hard so I have to do a lot more self-reflection of like how am I unintentionally caring sometimes that isn't that isn't helpful for me or the communities that I serve and that's hard like because the knee-jerk reaction sometimes can be like well I'm disabled I don't have all this privilege but it's like no no no, Andrew yes you do like you can't use the disability card to get away from this sometimes and so I definitely have to do more self-reflection for sure, as we all do, but I am certainly not immune from making mistakes in that area, of course. Cool, thank you. Um, I have another question. I'm ready. Okay, so uh, just to like to share some stuff about myself too. Uh, so I identify as having CPTSD, which is complex, complex post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah. And in my journey of understanding that and what that even means and how that impacts my life, there's like emotional regulation has like just blown my mind of like how much I don't have that and how much I'm striving to have that. <laughs> it's hard. Um, it's tough. Oh, it's tough. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like lessons all over the place with that. So through through my journey with like CPTSD, and I kind of like think of like how does that it, influence my allyship as well. I have a question about like, how do you, how do you navigate, manage, react to internalize, like meeting 
allies or well-intentioned allies or you know are people who don't identify as disabled how do you like navigate your emotions that come up through your interactions that's a good question well you know if i was talking to myself i would say don't tweet about it in the first five minutes of <laughs> yeah. like don't go on like stay away from that don't go on don't the need my need to reaction because so much of what i do is online and so much of my community is on the computer so my knee-jerk reaction is like, I'm mad. I'm going to tweet about it. I'm going to get that echo chamber of like people saying, oh, yeah, we stand by you, blah, blah. So mm. I think I have to learn to like, don't do that. Just sit with it for a minute. A minute. I'm really, I want to in this coming year, I don't know when this will come out, but hopefully I've done this by the time you're listening. I want to do some journaling so I can get the thoughts out, but not, not, put them anywhere in the world just put them in a journal file that i have my computer and they don't go to anyone they just go there and i think i'm gonna start doing that and pulling back from the immediate urge to like i'm gonna post this because that's not emotional regulation that's you're looking for your echo chamber to tell you how great you are which is fine and you can do that but that's actually i don't think that's helpful so i'm trying to, to journal more and when i have emotions that are like way up here, I put on my favorite TV show, like Frasier, and I just watch an old TV show and I just have a laugh and I don't worry about, you know, all that stuff. And I just try to be calm. It's hard, not easy. Um, and I, you know, to answer, to kind of go more into your question, when potential allies say something that can be crunchy, how do I regulate that emotion? I try to remember that they're people and they maybe didn't mean to hurt you and say the wrong thing or say the offensive thing, but they did. They did. And so are you going to snap at them or are you going to give them a, an olive branch to learn from? And I think giving them, giving them, reaching out my hand and saying, let me do this with you is such a gift. I think it's such a gift to, to, to give that knowledge, even when you don't want to, even when you're tired and it's exhausting, because if I do that, it'll change somebody's worldview in a second. How great is that? Anyway, long answer, too long, don't read, but that's what I, that's, yeah. Uh, I, that's really cool. That's really cool. Hang on, I'm just processing that, and I do have follow-up questions. Hang on, hang on. Oh, yeah. Okay, so the crunchiness, and I, I love that. <sighs> so there's so much crunchiness <laughs> and, like, as a newbie learner and want to be ally in this community it, um sort of like coming to terms or making sure that the crunchiness of all of this is like in my radar or it like expected or like um it's going to happen <laughs> and what yeah. do i do in that moment and what do the people around me do in that moment and like one one reflection I've had lately is just like I want to find ways or spaces or people where you can get crunchy and it's okay like where where you can argue or where you can like can hurt each other yeah. and then like grow and repair from like because I think um a lot of hesitation it personally I, this is just coming for me is like oh my god I don't want to say the wrong thing I don't want to step in the shit I don't want to like ah uh, but then a part of me is also like well. Uh, I, I am and yeah. 
what am I going to do when that happens? One, and- of my, one of my biggest models that I've been doing since I've been doing this kind of work and I've been doing, I've been talking about my disability in my life for almost 11 years now. Holy wow. Um, one of the things I say in a lot of my talks is you're going to swallow your leg and it's going to be okay. Like, you know how people say you're going to put your foot in your mouth. I say you're going to swallow your whole leg. When you talk about disability, <laughs> like you're going to make a whole mistake and it's going to be weird, but you're going to be okay. Because people, when because of the lack of knowledge around disability and the lack of discourse around disability outside of disability rights stuff and scholarly disability work and like then inspiration porn, there's really not a lot for people who want to learn and be allies to learn everything and also you can't learn everything all at once like how are you going to learn everything that every disabled person wants you to know about their disability you can't there's no way possible so I would go into that knowing that you're going to you're going to be crunchy you're going to be some crunchy moments but the crunchiness doesn't make you a bad person it just makes you a granola bar and that's 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 all right I mean I made that up right now I don't know where that came from but I mean it just makes you a granola bar so I would say and I think, you know, I've said this before, I'll say it again. I think disabled people have an opportunity to, when there's a crunchy moment, like I just said, do I scream at you and tell you how wrong it was? Maybe, but that's not helpful. Or do I take a breath and say, cool, Bethany, that thing you said, I, I understand when you said that. Can do you mind if we go over here and like, just unpack that for a minute and talk about it for a minute? And there was some ableism there. Can we can we talk about it? And I think that doing it that way, which is not always easy. There have definitely been moments oh, in my yeah. life where I have been the one that's like, oh my God, no, no, no. But as I get older, I just don't want to do that. That it, It's really hard to do that. So for you as the ally, lean into the crunch. Lean right into it. And if if I want to answer you as a disabled person or if the disabled person wants to answer you, like there are polite ways to decline an answer. You can say, oh, Bethany, thank you so much for your question. I don't want to answer you. Bye. Like maybe another time. Or, you know, they can say, thanks so much for your question. Let me teach you some more. It's really up to them. They don't have to be cold about it. And I think that's a call for the disabled community to like, I know we're angry. I know we're upset. I know we've been through oppression. But put down your sword a little bit. Isn't, it, isn't carrying the sword really hard it's hard and it's sharp and it hurts all the time I don't want to do that I'd much rather be like let's hold like a fluffy puppy and talk about that for a minute like let's you know let's find a common ground because I think I think that you know I and I would say your C your CPTSD and you can you can do with this whatever you want I would say that it was a disability it is a disability so I would say like welcome to the club Hello, your disability handbook will be in the mail in a week. No, but look, I think it is a disability, and I think it's a totally different experience than mine, and it may not be visible, but it does to me. It counts as a disability. Yo, that is like cathartic. Like literally before this phone call or Zoom, whatever, I was like, because that question on the forum to it was like, what what is the language that you use? To describe your disability and you when were I like, I don't have any language yeah. to describe my disability. And then it kind of was this like existential quest of like, 
is is the CPTSD? Is it? Isn't it? And I think like there's so, there's so much to explore in that. But like yeah. I just like, dude, like you. Thank you for what you just said. I don't oh, know why that's landing warm and fuzzy, and it just feels very validating. Of like, yeah, it totally shapes my experience in the world. And hell yeah, it sometimes I'm just like, fuck this. This thing is like messing up my life. I. I have to control it. I have to adapt my entire life to accommodate for the CPTSD thing. Yeah. And I, you know, with mental health, it, well, it is physical health too. It, it, it is. It's my it brain, completely, my muscles. I, I mean, I live with depression, not the same thing. I live with anxiety, not the same thing. But there are definitely moments where I don't want to brush my teeth. Mm-hmm. I don't want to wash my face. Why would I have a shower? Because I'm depressed. Why would I have a shower? Because I don't have friends. Why would I do these? You know, why would I have breakfast? Because what's the point? Because, you know, there are definitely moments where the depression hits. And again, not the same thing as CBSD in any way, not the same. But the the mental toll of having any kind of disability is very real. So take some time to sit with that and see how you feel about it. But I mean... (laughs) I would say welcome to the club if you wanted to. Be, if you want to, the door's open. At least on my end, the door's open. Well, I don't know. Being in a club with you sounds kind of fun. <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, I'm, I I'm down. It's the coolest club out there. It's the <laughs> tries all the time and watches 80s TV shows club. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be hard to fit on like a little membership card. Yeah, like... a little card with all that stuff on it. Yeah, that's right. But like, I think like where, where this conversation has flowed into, which is like intersectionality, whatever that word means of, of mental health and physical health and disability, non-disability and like identity politics. Like this is the kind of like stuff that blows my mind that comes from conversations like, like this, like this is a gift of a conversation to just it be really like, okay, I just let my mind expand a little bit there. And oh, I, uh, I'm so glad. <laughs> and I think, you know, these conversations don't happen enough in allyship spaces it's usually very black and white it's very much like it's very much like this is how to be an ally and if you stray from this you've somehow done it wrong i don't believe that i think especially with disability allyship which i've been saying all the way through this episode it's a very it's very gray disability and mental health is so gray and it's so different hues of gray and different types of colors and different like textures of the color and all that stuff is there and if we don't look at that as part of how to be an ally and bring those things in during allyship then what are we doing so i think making a mistake as an ally is i allow it it's the grace the word grace comes to mind again. yeah it's just grace that, that's and, not such being, a- and not being not using your knowledge as a weapon to be like well you didn't do it right so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm going to chastise you now or I'm going to call you out or I'm going to like calling out in in allyship spaces mm-hmm. is you know I think on the internet especially it's seen as a fun thing to do to be like well you didn't do this right so oh my god and then you do a bunch of quote tweets about how horrible the person was and then you get what internet points like that's I'm happy for you, I guess. But wouldn't you have rather had a conversation that led to understanding, which led to growth? Like, okay. <laughs> but that's the, like, that takes a strong, for me anyways, like that's a, that's a strong 
what am I trying to say? Uh, not emotional control, but that is such like a, a really emotionally strong way. Cause I don't know. I've, I've had conversations with like guys who've tried to be like an ally through sexual assault journey stuff or like feminism. And it's so easy to just tear a trigger, just be like, Oh my God, I'm done. Like I'm freaking done. If I hear yeah. one more question like that, or if, um, I have to go through like teaching someone's like the basics of like don't use talk about whatever, you know? like, yeah whatever it is it's really sometimes it's it's you can lose sight of that but like ah, again like this is why I'm just excited to have this conversation because I think like this this right here is like amazing yeah I mean these are my favorite kind of conversations about disability because they're not it's not scripted like I'm so glad we didn't come in with a bunch of questions we're just having a chat and it's kind of going over the shop and I kind of love it because it's it's real I don't think we do that enough in discussions of allyship and so this is great so the doors are open the questions are open feel free to ask whatever you want (laughs) um yeah okay cool well let's just go there so like what are the cool things that like when I was learning about who you are and the content you're putting out there was your like sex positivity and it that stuff blew my mind I was like who is this guy who's like um I forget I might get this wrong because like memory is not my my best thing but you had like one of the entry articles I think I read was like you had arranged some kind of orgy of the first kind of it's something and I'm just like well the media blew that out of proportion I I I did because the media does what they do but I um I did a sex party for disabled people about eight years ago now holy wow eight years ago now I did one for disabled people in Toronto and we called it deliciously disabled. Um, yes. And it, it got news pickup all over the world. That was so freaking like, which so neat. So I kind of was. Oh, sorry. It was amazing, but I'll never do it again. No way, <laughs> because the level of backlash that I received from people who were like, "How dare you do this?" to the level of like, I remember, and I've told this story before. I'll tell it again. I remember sitting, getting a call from a New Zealand radio station, like a morning radio station. And they were like, so how do you have sex in your wheelchairs? Do you just like touch your stumps together? And they were making it like a joke. And I was like, it's not funny. Why are you like, this is not a comedy hour. Why are you making fun of us? And so that coupled with like people saying that it was a dirty, horrible thing we're doing. It goes against like, you know, all the stuff. And so because I was the front facing of the thing, I oh, had to goodness. feel all of that and be like the spokesperson. And, you know, when the party finally came, I didn't have sex. I spent the whole night running around making sure that everybody else was okay. So oh. like, I'll never do it again because it was so much work. I'm really proud of it, but well, that's not true. The only way that I would do it again is if somebody hired me and they paid for everything and, and then I went and did it. Sure, then okay, great. But until then, I'm not doing it again. I'm very proud of it. So excited we did it. Never again. Very, very cool to hear like your take on, on that. Because yeah, all I've, all I've really absorbed is like what's on the internet from that. So that thank you for sharing that. Yeah, it was a 
it was a I loved it very very proud of it but it was a really tough thing to be like that's part of why my activism now I I'm a fame whore I love attention I love the camera I, I will do all of that but as I get older I'm kind of like you know what I want to just do my tweets and not look at anything ever again like do my what I do put my content out and then hide like that's my thing I want to just hide because the more front facing you are the more quote unquote controversy you get tucked into that it feels and it just feels crunchy sometimes interesting so i'm kind of wondering like where like to bring it kind of back to um you know meeting people where they're at like is the internet this is like really random but would you say you're like the, the content that you put out there in your relationship with the internet and using that as an avenue to connect is it could you say it's been it's like done its job for you now and you're ready to move on to something like new or are, do you still find, or maybe how you're using the platforms has changed to sort of like connect with people? You know, it's funny because on this recording, Monday, January 30th, 2023, today I lost like 200 followers. And my initial thought was like, oh no, like I'm losing people. And then I was like, Andrew, calm down. It's the internet. This is nothing. This is, like, you're being ridiculous. The world isn't ending. It's the internet. Calm down. Um, and I had to like <laughs> check myself today. And be like it doesn't matter if you lost a million followers. You're still here. You can build again. Everything's. But I think my relationship with disabled content on the internet. It's hard because I talk about stuff that I don't think a lot of other content creators talk about. I go right into the real shit. I say what I think, even if it's not right all the time. I say what I feel. And some people don't like that. And sometimes the disability community can be really unforgiving about like meeting people where they're at. So I think that's why I like saying, let's meet everybody where they are. And the internet can just be really tough. And so it has given me a lot of great things. It's how I do my job. It's how I do a lot of jobs. It's how I got my, you know, it's how I got my job as a consultant. I built that for myself. But if you said to me, let's get you off the internet and let's give you like a nine to five and where you can just work. Now I'd be like, if I, if they could do that, for, if, if some company could do that for me, hi Apple, hi Google, I'm here, hire me. If some company could do that for me, I would do that in a heartbeat. Cause I could, I could still put on my tweets, you know, a little bit more curated than I do right now because I'd be working for a company. I could still put on all my stuff and I wouldn't have the pressure of being, my own brand. I think a lot of disabled people mm-hmm. on the internet and people with mental illness have to become their own brand ambassador yes, for yes. their own stuff. And it's fucking exhausting. It's so exhausting. And because I'm a freelancer, like I do this all for myself, you're always hustling for the next job. So anything, yes. anything you say on the internet, if someone doesn't like that and wants to make a bunch of tweets about how they don't like it, well, there goes possible revenue for you. So you, I have to be so careful what I say and how I phrase shit because I'm in a very, I'm in a community that's very fractured. The disability community, I love them to bits, but they're very fractured, I think. We, none of us agree on one thing. Like if you go on any, in, on any disability anywhere, you'll see discussions of 
what's the right language to use, what's the right thing to say, and no one has the same opinion. The opinions differ all the time. So for me, I think being disabled on the internet has been great and I'm thankful for it, but it's it's changing now, kind of like what I said earlier. I don't necessarily want to come in guns a-blazing for activism. I'm going to be like, let's have a conversation. Let's talk about stuff. Let's get crunchy, but in a safe space to do that. And that's kind of more where I'm leaning towards as opposed to like doing hot takes on stuff because that's what the internet wants. Okay, I have, an, I, I have a question about what you just Ready. said. Yes, yes. Okay. Um, this is like totally cool. Uh, never thought our conversation would go here, but like one thing that I just heard you say that I want to ask about is like when you said as an entrepreneur, which I freaking love and respect and, and you're your own brand, um, people in the, yeah, like the mental health or disability communities often when they like want to do their thing have to become their own business or brand, so to speak. Yeah. So like, okay. me putting my, my, like trying to be an ally hat on here. I've actually never considered, this is a weird question maybe, but like brand management from your perspective, meaning like you're a disability consultant, like how do you navigate or what does like brand management mean as a person well, crunchy time okay as a person who identifies as a person with disabilities if i'm <laughs> wow that was a big way to say disabled person but okay okay okay, okay. <laughs> uh, as a disabled person how do you approach your like your entrepreneurialism and your brand management like what i there's got to be differences here that i'm unaware of or like I'm I, is there not i, I don't not only do I have super palsy, I also have IBS and my whole audience is groaning now because they know I've, I've talked about this so much that like, we know we get it, but I have IBS. Um, and, you know, I work on crypt time, which means crypt time is like, if you have disability, if you have mental illness, if you live with chronic pain, you slow down. You don't work on a nine to five hustle grind schedule. You stop. You take time to rest. You take time to step away. You take time to watch your favorite TV show because you wanted to. You ask for extensions. You tell people that um, you can't do this today. You cancel frequently because you have to, but you commit to doing the work when you can. And I like that because it allows for my disability to do whatever it needs to do without shame. And so I'm, I, I do a contract for somebody right now where I provide image descriptions for them for their Instagram. So they send me a batch of pictures once a week. And once a week, I write out image descriptions for them, which I love doing. It's so fun and I love it. But when we were creating that contract, what we said to each other, because they're disabled too, we said, let's work on trip time. So Everything we're putting down here is a guideline. If we can't meet it that week, let's talk to each other and we'll extend the guideline to make it work for both of us because we're both disabled and we understand pain, disability stuff, working with caregivers on their schedule. Like we understand all this stuff. So let's build that in. So in our contract, it says we work on crib time together. And I love that because it, it allows for both of us to be as, disabled as we need to be so in terms of my brand 
I run on that time. I tweet when I want to or when I can. I podcast when I can. You know, how many times with you did I did we rearrange this this conversation we're having? Probably at least once or twice. So, you know, and I do that. And some people don't don't agree with that. Some people have been like, you've canceled on me four times. And I'm like, yep, sorry. That's what my life is. If you want to be on the podcast, I'll still be here. If not, I get it. Like, it's okay. <laughs> but I don't, I used to be so worried about got to make content, got to hustle, got to do it. And I'm just like, oh, I'll do it when I want to. And the money will come or it won't come. And that's okay. There is a lot in that. Oh, man. We can I, unpack some of that if you want to. What's that, sorry? We can unpack some of that if you want to. Um, yeah. I mean, okay, I'll, I'll share that, like, when I was signing up for this and, like, things like in your emails that said, like, by the way, like, I, I might move this appointment and here's where you should understand how you can understand that or like the, that was an eye-opening moment for me where I had to like check myself too to be like oh yeah like duh why was why would I not be expecting this and then like take a moment to pause and be like Bethany like learn from this like and you know what you as somebody with CPS CPTSD cannot right that's what the acronym is CPTSD yeah yeah you can also say the same thing if you want and say like hey, I'm having a mental health day. You know, my emails, I might not get back to you for two or three days. Doesn't mean I don't care. I might not answer the phone for two or three days. Doesn't mean I don't care. Just means I'm not available for this thing right now. And I think putting those boundaries out there as a disabled person, and I live with chronic pain too on top of all of that. So putting that out there allows me to breathe a giant sigh of relief because then I can push stuff to the side a little bit. And I don't have to feel like I'm beholden to somebody. I'm a people pleaser, so I want to make sure that I please everybody. But if I'm not there for some reason, it doesn't mean that I'm that I'm that I've failed, you know? Yeah, it, it helps build a pathway for understanding for me too. Um to and a whole new little opportunity to to reflect, yeah, on my own life too. Again, like this is just learning oh my god it's so amazing and just, oh, i'm so glad the, oh. I, I love this like real-time learning you're doing right now as I'm, as I'm talking to you it's pretty awesome uh-huh uh-huh and like i i gotta say too um i'm just the gratitude is off the charts because i have found that while navigating and learning about my cptsd and trauma and how to heal and recover from that um th these are just gifts <laughs> that and I just want to like also pass on to other people somehow too of, and share and, and just grow together. Like it's just a huge opportunity. Well, I'm so glad that I could, I, that we could share in that gift together. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah. You, I mean, you can share in that with other people. You can talk about if you wanted to, it's just an idea. You don't have to do it, but you could say on your Twitter, like, Hey, I live with CP CPTSD. Here's how that affects my day to day. Here are some things you don't know. Like part of what I like about my my social media now and as I'm transforming it over into just simply a knowledge base, let's make it a knowledge library. You could do the same thing with your CPTSD and be like, I'm going to give you four things you shouldn't say to somebody with CPTSD or, you know, things you should say to somebody with CPTSD. Like giving people that knowledge so they're in the know 
also. And that's a great way to pass on the knowledge or just say like, hey, I talked to Andrew and they're a disabled person. And they said that sometimes disabled people like it when you work on crypt time and here's what that is. Like, just talk about it with others. Like, it doesn't have to come directly from me. You can be like, I learned this thing and I want to share it here. Here it is. Yeah, love that. Pay it forward almost and like keep us connected through like these these lines that, that that's what I always, I don't know, try to look for is Liz, lines that we share or like themes that we share or can yeah, mutually, the, you know, benefit from, I don't know. The commonalities, the like, the like, yeah, the what keep, what, what brings us together rather than pulls us apart. And I think needing time to like relax and step away from 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 the buzz of everything is a big one and knowledge also is something that brings us together too the knowledge and being able to share your knowledge like if you did a post about what cptsd means to you i wouldn't know that most people will be like oh i never realized that thanks for sharing and someone out there is going to be like well actually i think this but block them out and just put your stuff out there and know that someone's going to resonate with it, and that's okay. This is this is like the gold you lend to me. I'm just like shit, dude. Like, <laughs> oh well, thank I you. Don't know. Uh, it's just I I really really not to sound cheesy or fangirly or whatever, oh, but like want to be cheesy. I, I, I love I love cheesy. Cheesy is my favorite. Go on. Okay, okay. Well, like, it, it really, like, authentically, and I'm so happy I get to say this, like, quote, unquote, to your face, but, like, over Zoom and stuff, but, like, like really, the work you you have shared and, and, gift, and knowledge you've gifted to me has been, like, fundamentally life-changing, and it's just, like, it's oh, such wow. an well, that makes me like, happy. Oh, yeah. that makes me happy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because my God, my life has changed so much as a direct wow, result. Like, in this in this 45 minute chat. Wow. That's <laughs> so cool. I'm so happy. It's just, I like gratitude, man. I just it's pouring out of my my like pores right now. Awesome. Um again, I want to open the floor to you to ask any yeah. any crunchy questions, anything you had about disability anything you want what is like the burning thing you want to know about disability you've never asked before oh oh, oh god okay um okay uh i hope this one isn't cheesy but here we go but go on uh, i'm ready i'm all about the cheese go on okay. authentically what do you it's just like one thing you just wish like people who don't identify as having a disability could just like get, could just like get. I'm going to switch that question up a little bit and make yeah. it, what is one thing I wish that other disabled people would get? Okay. Is that every disability experience is different. So when one person says one thing for an other disabled people to not go in and go, well, I did this. So it was okay for me. So why is it okay for you? It's like, well, that doesn't work that way. And then for non-disabled folks to get, I don't want that, like, like we said right at the beginning, I don't want them to get something. I want them to try. That's it. Just try. 
And I want them to remember that in a couple of years, whether they live, if they're lucky enough to live long enough, they will become disabled themselves. Or they'll be going to the bookstore one day and they'll run into the sexiest disabled person they've ever met in their life and realize that they want to go on a date with them or they want to start a relationship or they want to be with them. Disability is going to hit you smack dab in the face when you least expect it. And that's not to scare anybody. That's just the truth. And so why aren't we having these conversations today, now, then, you know, then only when a tragedy happens or when you have an accident or when you have become sick. And so like, I want, and I say this all the time, I want people to remember it's going to be a part of your experience. Don't be afraid of that. Embrace that for all that is and start talking about it. So like for you with your CPTSD, I would say, talk about it. I know it's hard and I certainly don't know what you go through. So I'm not going to pretend, but if you're comfy, comfy and crunchy, I guess, Mm -hmm. and you want to put it out there, even if nobody reads the tweet, if it's out there, somebody will find it. And it's an, it's a knowledge branch for somebody, you know? And I think that's really cool. Giving, giving them that, Oh, I never looked at it that way. Like one of the things I love about my social media is when people go, oh, I never thought of it that way. Thanks for telling me. Thanks for sharing that. I never considered it that way. Or I never had the words for it. And you put the words, you gave me the words. Like, that's cool. And I'm sure somebody out there with PTSD or CPTSD, if you did a tweet that was like, just just Bethany's experience, is like, they go, oh, I never realized. Now I realize. Like, I think allyship, you can start wherever. And I think the fact that you're so green is such a gift because you're coming in with no judgment. You don't have preconceived notions about what this means. You just want to learn. And when I, when I was reading over your form 10 minutes before I connect with you tonight, <laughs> I was so happy because I was like, I knew right away what we we're going to do. I was like, cool. I'm going to let Bethany just talk to me about questions and like learn that way as opposed to, writing out a script, like doing questions one, two, three, four, five, which I've done. And I do that a lot for interviews, but that's really annoying. This kind of all over the shop discussion is way more fun for me. This is way more like, I think, lucrative than tell me about your life and then we'll go into questions. Very cool. Yeah, too long, don't listen. But what, what I was saying there was, you know, I don't even know what my, the point of what I was saying was, but what I, I think what I was saying was like allyship and learning happens everywhere. And I think your experience of disability or CPTSD or however you want to phrase that for yourself, whatever you choose is good for you, um, is valuable too. And so I want everybody to know that disability will be a part of this story and it's okay to talk about it. I'm hearing, like, I love... Also, just everyone experiences it differently. I, again, it's like cheesy, but like that's life too. Like we it's all true. experience it completely different. And to foster some just like respect and like understanding and like control that urge or something that's like, yeah, but but I did it this way or I had it that way. And it, like, that's cool. But like, we can still like care value about that. Each other. We can care about each other and give yeah. a fuck about each other. Um, and, you know, you asked me earlier, like, what is allyship? What does it look like for me? 
and I'm going to come back around to that for a second. I think allyship is earned. It's not appointed. So like you can't say, I mean, that's not, well, you can say I'm an ally in training and I want to learn, but I'm not there yet. I haven't earned my badges yet. Like, and I think, but earning a badge doesn't mean you've done everything 100% correct. Mm -hmm. It means you're trying. My biggest thing with any allyship anywhere, and I think where a lot of us who do activism can get lost in the weeds is we don't allow trying. We expect perfection. And that's not how any of this works. And so if you're trying and like you coming here today, wanting to talk to me about how to be a better ally, that's a big try. That's cool. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm, I'm on this, the same page kind of of like, I, there was an awareness development at one point. I'm like, I can't call myself an ally. Like I, that's not even something I can call myself. I think it's something you have to be give, gifted that identity. By you have to be given permission to try. And if somebody mm-hmm. gives you permission to try, all you can do is try. Um, and I think it's earned, but I, but I don't think the earning of the allyship should come with like you failed mm. it's like you got to keep trying even when you stumble a bit and I, we all do that i don't think but i think in disability spaces for disability allyship i think it's we as disabled people need to remember that everyone everyone deserves a chance to try that's it and we're not i believe and i could be wrong and somebody 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 listening is going to be like, I don't agree with you, Andrew, blah, 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 that's fine. I believe that all of us deserve the chance to try. And I believe that disabled people need to give non-disabled people that chance more. And I'm glad I got to do that with you today. Me too. <laughs> like, Me. it's been so fun. And like, this hour's flown by. We're just having a chat. It's so fun. Oh my gosh. I know. I feel like I could go on for like another three until I'm just like in my pajamas and passing out. I would love to find a way to talk with you off the air because I think there's like so much more to this conversation than just a podcast episode. And like, I'm not making this, I mean, I am making this for content, but like, I'm not making it to be like, let's have content. I think this conversation is really important and I want to extend more of that via email or like text messaging or whatever it is off the air to just have a chat. I would love that opportunity. I, w- I would love that. Also because like, I get really nervous <laughs> when oh, I know I'm no. I'm just, a, I'm, 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 a, I'm a big dork. It's, I'm <laughs> a huge, literally 10 minutes before we got on the call, I was watching Frasier and having a drink. And I look at, like, I'm a giant nerd. There's nothing to be nervous about. Don't even worry about it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's giant awesome. nerd. Well, I received that invitation with like huge excitement and cool. Amazing. Did you have any, we've hit about, we've hit about just over an hour. Um, I think, do you have any like burning thoughts you want to leave us with or questions that we can? Not super. It's just like, Frasier is your favorite show though. <laughs> what? I love that. I, 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 and I've watched it a trillion times. Cause you're in you're in Canada, right? So it's yeah, on, and, and I love Toronto too. Just like yeah, shout yeah. out Toronto. So it's on Crave, and so I'm I watch it to fall asleep. Is what it, I put it on before bed, and I watch it just drift off to sleep because you know. And I read this somewhere: people with who are neurodivergent and have anxiety, like I do, 
they like to watch the same show over and over again because they know yes. it's going to happen yeah. and it makes them feel safe. And that's exactly what Frasier does for me. I also do the same thing with Star Trek Generation. I've seen no it. way! Yeah. Yes! Yeah. Yes! Yeah. I've seen it a million and a half times. I don't care. I love it. Dude, I'm literally in the process of like, I started at season one like six weeks ago and I'm just pounding through it because it's like, I've been doing this for 30 years with Next Gen. So like, yeah. yes. <laughs> ridiculous it's so silly but I don't care I love it it's so fun and I mean I love that with next gen that we're going off on a tangent here I don't care totally I love, I love with next gen that like they look like they're in a Ramada Inn hotel <laughs> and it's the most ridiculous futuristic idea of what a future looks like but I don't even care uh yeah and the toronto city hall i mean it's beautiful beautiful i mean yeah but yeah um it's totally i feel like we could do a whole thing on next gen because i mean if you ever want to do like a spin-off podcast it's just us geeking out about star trek i'll do that with you oh hell yeah man like, like you uh, controversial is he cool is he not cool like i you know I, mean, I, okay. I, I like him he's a bit of i like you i do and I like him in the new. Have you seen Picard yet? I've seen a couple episodes. Yeah. It's. I mean, I once you get into like the darkness of it, and once you hear, once you hear Patrick Stewart say "fuck" or "shit" or whatever it is, because yes. he, he swears in one episode, he says "fuck," and it is the most jarring thing you've ever heard in your life. You're like what? Picard supposed to say that? But I loved it. Whoa. Okay, I gotta check it out. Yeah, That's I weird. think it's in episode one of season one of Picard. Oh. Yeah, we, we should totally take this into another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to do a spin-off podcast with just Bethany and I doing Star Trek. I would love it. It's one of my or just watching or you retro TV because I love anything yeah. 80s TV. Yeah. I'll watch anything 80s TV. Like <laughs> what else did I used to what else do I like to watch? Um, you know, what I'm just full house. Was my jam back in the day. John Stamos, even at 60, is a fucking attractive man. Yeah. Wow. Like, let's, wow. Um, what else? What else? Three's Company, John Ritter back in the day from the 70s. Like, wow, John Ritter, you were so handsome. What the hell? I've never seen an episode. I I know. I know. There's a lot of pop culture I missed out on because of classical music training. I've just, like, missed two decades of, like, (laughs) how old are you? Uh, I'm, th- I'm 38. Wow. We're the same age. I thought you were considerably younger, but that's cool. Oh. <laughs> yeah. No, my pop culture references are, are, I just have like a big dark zone of like. <laughs> I mean, I think there's, I think there is a chance for, we should seriously talk about doing a fucking, uh, doing a, like a retro rewatch. I would, t- I would totally do that with you. Oh, Dude, I would too. Especially because, like, I haven't seen any of them. So, like, and it'll just be, be like... It'll be all new for you. Yeah, I would totally 100% do that with you. Oh, my goodness. Um, Sweet. <laughs> I don't know how to bring us back to disability. Okay. But... Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we were talking about that for a while. I'm all fired yeah. up about Next Gen. <laughs> yeah, then we got on to Next Gen. Um, yeah, no, okay. So, like, wrap-up stuff. Um, I. How do, you, how do you wrap up a podcast? Just, like, say thank you. I don't um, know. I would say, well, I want to say thank you so much for being an ally and, and asking or, you know, wanting to be an ally 
and asking questions and wanting to just learn. I think that's so valuable. And you coming as a blank slate, just willing to listen and have a chat without, and both of us doing it without like judging one another. That felt really nice because that doesn't happen very often. So that felt super nice for me. Um, I don't know what your social media presence is like, but how do the people get a hold of you if they want to follow you? Oh, um, I actually recently just like totes went off all things. I'm I'm trying to read. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to refocus on like human to human relationships and right. good. I like that. Yeah, for, creatively as well. Like I'm trying to get back into an artistic space again, and I'm just the online is just not something that's part of my story right now. So I guess like right. good. Well, then if you no, have any questions for Bethany about. CPTSD or about uh you know if you have advice for Bethany on how to be an ally that I didn't give or didn't know about and you want to ask her or tell her things or ask her things then you can send me an email at andrew at andrewgerza.com my email or disabilityafterdarkpod at gmail.com and just send in a send in your query and I'll send it off to Bethany and we'll then she'll answer it and then there you go Thanks. Thanks for offering that. Um, I, okay, well, <laughs> we, did it. we did it. That was fun. Cool. And just like, again, thank you. Thank you for the space. Thank you for your time, your energy, your openness, your vulnerability as always. And like, I, I even, I'm just even excited at the learning that's going to come from this conversation. Oh, it'll be great. I'm so excited. And so yeah. that is so fun. And this was, this was such a different way of me podcasting. Usually I write out all the questions and this was like all over the shop. And I got to say it was way more invigorating than I let it be sometimes. It was really fun. So I really appreciate that. It was great. Cool. Um, okay. So thank you so much for being here. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. What a lovely episode that was. It was so fun to sit down with Bethany, and I was so glad she was here, given the chance to talk about disability openly and freely and ask questions on how to be a better ally. That's pretty awesome. Just a content note, Disability After Dark will be taking a brief break for next week because I'll be out of town, um, and I may or may not be recording, so you may see one next week next Sunday and you may not because I may be like oh fuck it I don't want to put it together so if you don't see one I'm away and if you do I didn't procrastinate and there's a new episode so yeah um but thank you for being here and thank you for listening to this episode and we'll see you in your ear holes whenever the next new episode drops either next week or the week after thanks friends bye here's the outro bye Alright friends, well there goes another episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability stories with me, your host, Andrew Gerza. If you want to follow my work, you can head over to my social media, AndrewGerza6 on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, although I never use it. If you want to follow my website and find out about my speaking opportunities, my gigs, and ways to have me come to your event, go to www.andrewgerza.com. If you want to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark and you can get the show days early, completely ad-free, and a shout-out on the air. 
So if you want to support the show, you're able to do that. And please, please leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. It really does help shows like this about disability, which are very rare, get supported. Thank you so much for being with us and stay comfy, cozy, and crippled. Until next time. Bye. Copyright notice. Disability After Dark was created, recorded, and produced by Cripple & Co. Productions and Andrew Gerza. Any and all use of materials, graphics, audio recordings, etc. cannot be used or distributed without express permission. If you would like to use an episode of the podcast or license an episode of the podcast on your website, please consider emailing Andrew Gerza and Crippling Co. Productions at disabilityafterdarkpod at gmail.com. Copyright 2023.